Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. I am Troy Shockley, and this is the Coffee Break Podcast. Thanks for joining our chat today. Coffee Break brought to you by Cochrane Insurance. A cool segment to start out. November is National Adoption Month, and we've got some folks on the line with us today to talk about that, and specifically to talk about teen adoption. I don't know who wants to take the floor first, but do you want to introduce yourself a little bit and tell our listeners just who you are and what it is that you do? Sure, I can start. Uh, I'm Camila Dunn. I'm the CEO of the Adoption Exchange Association. And we're here today, Troy, to really talk about teen adoption, as you said. So the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the Ag Council, as well as Adopt U.S. Kids, um, are here to really encourage parents to consider adopting a teen from foster care. Um, and that's really about um, the why, we're, why we're focusing on teens is because teens do, as we look at our data, have lower adoption rates in younger children, and they often wait longer to be adopted. Also, we have a large percentage of teens who are a part of that waiting to be adopted population. Um, so not nationwide, we have 122,000 children who are waiting to be adopted, and 11% of them are teens. Um, between the age of 15 and 18. So, you know, as we all think back to that time frame in our lives and how formative and, and important that is, you know, there's so much going on at that age. Um, imagine not having a supportive, loving adult with you um, as you go through that transition. So we are here to encourage people, encourage your listeners to uh, give it a try, give it a thought, um, and visit our website to learn more. Okay. Well, and I suppose, uh, you know, we've got Monique on the line with us as well, and uh, you can speak directly to uh, what happens when, when you adopt teens, right? Hi, Troy. Yes, I'm Monique Howell. I'm an adopted parent. Um, I have adopted two uh, beautiful teenage girls. I grew up in a home um, where my parents adopted and fostered children, so I never had my parents to myself. Uh, my father was in the military, so we traveled, met a lot of people. Um, I also was in the military. When I got out the Army, I decided that I wanted to follow my parents' footsteps. Um, I have three biological boys, teenage boys, and now a total of five teenagers is in my house, and it is a rewarding experience. I just want to allow my boys to reach out to many parents out here that's considering on, to um, adopt and let them know that, Every teenager deserves a loving and supportive home. They should not be exempt. Yeah, so National Adoption Month, of course, in November. But as we said, we're sort of narrowing the focus today, talking uh, teen adoption. And, uh, Camila, you, you touched on it, but why is teen adoption? I mean, it's an important topic. And, and Montana has an awful lot of kids uh, in the foster care system, so certainly an issue here. Uh, are, are there some some reasons that teens aren't being adopted as often? I mean, I, I suppose the, the, the reasons are varied. Yeah, you know, I think the reasons are varied, um, and I think you're, you're absolutely right. You know, Montana does have uh, 3,600 uh, youth in care and a little more than 1,000 who are waiting. So um, for those who are part of your listening audience, you know, there's definitely a need. Uh, a need there. And uh, I think, you know, when it comes to, to our teen population, some of the things that hold people back uh, from moving forward and adopting a teen from foster care is, you know, well, they're teenagers. So 
they've already experienced a lot of life and, and what more, you know, can I, can I give to them, you know, uh, at this, at this stage. And the truth of the matter is there are many important milestones, many wonderful moments that teens have yet to experience, uh, that you can, uh, play a role, a significant role in their life, um, such as, you know, uh, prom dresses. I know Monique could talk to you about that with her girls. <laughs> um, learning how to drive a car, you know, high school graduation, uh, preparing to go on to college, you know, being a fan of theirs in the stands while they're playing their sports team. You know, as Monique so eloquently said, why should a child in foster care, a teen in foster care, be exempt from having a family uh, there to cheer them on and to support them as they go through these important milestones in life? Uh, so it's very important that, that families don't let that, you know, hold you back. You can play an impact. You can have an impact on the life of a child and especially a teen. Are there, I would assume there's got to be some fear there involved too, right? I mean, some truth versus fiction fears about what it is to adopt a teen? Certainly. There, there are a lot of um, fears associated with adoption, I think, in general. You know, I think people um, approach this thinking that, oh, my goodness, you know, I need to be, you know, perfect in order to uh, play, a, play a role and be, a, you know, a parent to a teen or be a parent in general, right? You know, um, and so I think that you, you have to understand as we approach this work, it's, it's, there's no perfect parent, right? You know, anyone raise their hand if you're a perfect parent. <laughs> you know, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. Um, but I think you're right. You know, certainly our youth um, have experienced some trauma, um, and which, which, you know, has, is a real, is a reality. And that's why we do provide preparation. We do provide support um, to our families as they're, you know, raising their hand to say, yes, you know, I do want to um, look into this process. I do want to become more educated on what it takes to, uh, to be a parent to a child um, who's experienced some trauma. Uh, so we do have, you know, everything's online nowadays, but we do have a training process. We have a home assessment uh, as well uh, to help prepare families. And of course, once you do adopt, there is support as well. Um, that support can be arranged from mentoring, counseling, you know, uh, whatever you might need. Uh, and the other great thing too, Troy, is that at our website, adoptuskids.org, um, you can learn more about the support that's available to you when you adopt. And you can also call our number, 888 to speak with a live person um, who can help you to get connected to the recruiter in your state and learn about the both the preparation process as well as the support that would be available to you as you adopt from foster care. What kind of, I, I think we can sort of we, we can form in our minds what a difference this makes for a kid, right? But what has this brought to your life? Uh, bringing in you know adopting two teens. What has this done for you in your life? It has truly been a blessing in, in my life. Um, the most rewarding thing for me is when my girls, every night, this is something they, they have done since day one. Every night before they go to bed, um, one will write a note. I have so many notes. I have like a big old box of her notes. She's saying, Mom, I love you. Good night. The other one will say, Mom, I love you. They make sure they come in my room, give me a hug, and they'll say, thank you for being there. Thank you. And I think that's the most rewarding thing for me because it lets me know that I'm doing something amazing to turn these teenagers' lives around. Um, so 
sometimes I get teary-eyed because watching my girls and watching when they were so afraid when they first walked into my home until now, they encourage me. Sometimes I need that uplifting. And my teenage daughters come to me and say, Mom, you've done so much for us since we've been here. We thank you. You're amazing. Don't ever think that you're not. So they also encourage me just like I encourage them. And you've got me smiling now, Monique. That's amazing. Um, Camelia, if someone's thinking about adopting, what is it that they need to do? And I guess then what is step one? If, if people have the thought, have the desire, and have the ability, you know, there's then that, okay, now what? You know, this is something that they don't teach in school. Where do people go? What, what do they do? Yeah, so the very first step is, I think, to get educated you know, to learn a little bit more about it. Um, information meetings are a great way to, um, you know, learn more about the process in your particular state. Um, so in the state of Montana, you know, learning a little bit more about the process. Um, information meetings are right now happening online um, across states. So you can definitely uh, visit our website, adoptuskids.org, or speak to one of our specialists who would be happy um, to explain a little bit more about the process uh, right there in Montana. Uh, so I think, you know, getting educated, learning a little bit more. Also on our website, you can see children who are, pictures of children who are currently waiting to be adopted. Uh, so I think, you know, again, I've given you a lot of numbers today, um, but there are real, you know, children uh, behind these numbers. So visiting our website, um, Seeing the teens, you know, the images, um, their, their hopes and dreams. Uh, again, you know, definitely take that first step. Um, visit our website. We would love to also speak with you by phone at 888-200-4005. Camila Bunn is, uh, well, she's amazing. So is Monique Howell. And we've been talking about uh, adoption, National Adoption Month, uh, teen adoption specifically. And adopt U.S. kids. I mean, you you're all over the internet. So if somebody was driving, they didn't get this down. All they've got to do is uh, jump on and search because you're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You're even on YouTube, aren't you? That's right. So it is not difficult to, to, to find them. So uh, ladies, thank you so much uh, for the information. And Monique, thank you uh, specifically for, for what you're doing for, for adopting those kiddos. And uh, also thank you for your service to our country. Thank you. And I guess it's it's continuing service now, which which is amazing. So many, so many get out of the military and and they have that heart and they continue to find ways to serve their community. And uh, you're doing that, and, and and I think that's amazing. Right. Thank you. I love it. Camila Bunn, the CEO of the Adoption Exchange Association, she also oversees Adopt US Kids, and Monique Howell, a single mom, military veteran, and uh, has five kids, and two of them teens that she adopted from foster care once again uh, if you want uh, any information there if you missed any of that contact information you can get it from me i'll connect you with these folks just shoot me an email troy at montanaradio.com keep it right here we've got more coffee break coming up i just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode you can always catch up we're on itunes so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk.
Welcome back, and this is Coffee Break, and I'm Troy Shockley. Thanks for hanging out with us today, and we've got a busy show, so we're going to jump right into our second segment, and we're going to spend it with Charlie Gross. Charlie, of course, the athletic director at Carroll College, and Charlie, I guess the big news of the day is that we've got basketball set to tip at the PE Center, but we can't be there to see it. Yeah, we're excited to be able to to host basketball games and get the basketball season going. Our last our last time hosting a basketball game or hosting an event that had spectators at was March 7th last year for the Frontier Conference semifinals. Uh, but you know, ultimately, it's about the student athletes. So we're able to to put the put the students on the on the floor and have them compete. But working closely with the Lewis and Clark Public Health Department, the Frontier Conference, implementing NAI procedures and protocols, and then, you know, working with our own marching back committee, which is handling COVID-19 protocols within Carroll College. We just uh, felt it was in the best interest of, of our community to move forward with basketball, not having spectators at this time. So is this something that is going to be revisited at some point during the season, or is this, this is what we're starting with, this is what we're ending with, this is what the season looks like in 2020? Well, all the Frontier Conference schools have actually taken this position. Um, We've been hosting weekly meetings with the directors of public health within our counties where each of the Frontier Conference schools reside, and we've taken this position uh, through December 31st, we will uh, re- revisit it as we get into December. Not that the new year is this magical time where things are going to get better. As we all know, there is no such point with, with this pandem- pandemic, but uh, it's something that we will continue to evaluate. So what has been the reaction of the basketball programs uh, out there at Carroll? It has to be a little bit of a mixed bag, right? You know, they're excited to play. Uh, The stop and go, the interruption of practice and the preseason has been frustrating. They're looking at um, their peers that played fall sports in soccer, football, and volleyball and saw that they didn't even get to compete in their fall season, and that has been kicked down the road for starts after the new year so our basketball players are actually have a smile on their face the fact that they're able to play and uh, they're taking advantage of the opportunity because you just don't know when that might be uh, with the the environment might change to not allow it at all you mentioned other sports the fall sports of course pushing everything back is this something that we might look at there saying you know what i think that we might be able to have our season we just can't have fans there and if if we do that then we can make this thing work so our start dates uh actual competition start dates are significantly later so for basketball we have a non-conference game obviously uh friday uh but basketball starts for conference december 5th so that's why we had to have these protocols in place now but when we look at the volleyball schedule, volleyball starts their conference schedule, and they don't have any non-conference games on January 29th. Soccer's February 13th, and football's February 27th. So those are down the road quite a way so that, you know what, we will be able to 
take a look at the circumstances that surround us and, and determine if we can change that protocol. In addition, two of those sports are outside. And uh, that makes a big difference as well as when you're planning events and putting putting protocols in place. Well, Charlie, I sure appreciate the time this morning. I know you're doing a lot of work over there to make sure that we can actually make these events happen. So I do appreciate all of the time that uh, you and the other folks out at Carroll are putting in. Well, these are interesting times, and uh, we, we have gone through six different football schedules, I think, about – four different soccer schedules and you just have to be nimble and uh, know that what you've got on paper might change. So we're just looking forward again to having our students compete and, and our, our loyal fans that, uh, that follow us are able to uh, hear the competitions on the radio, uh, are able to watch the, the, the games on stream if they want and they can read about it afterwards. So there still is access. Charlie, thanks again. I appreciate you. All right, Troy. Thanks. Stick around. We've got even more Coffee Break coming up right after this. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back into this jam-packed coffee break. We're finishing out the week with a bang. And, uh, you know, we got a good finishing get. I mean, Joe, you, you are the perfect uh, guest to finish out a week. <laughs> I, I think it's fantastic. For, Joe, for, uh, for those that haven't caught you on the show before, can you kind of introduce yourself a little bit? Because you wear about eight hats. Yeah, I'm, I'm Joe Woten. I am the athletic director at the Salvation Army um, here in Helena. I'm also the emergency disaster coordinator for the Corps and the chairman of the Elkhorn Co-Ed. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, just a few things. <laughs> that's it. So uh, a couple of things this morning. I want to make sure we, uh, we fit in the red kettles. Um, they're sort of synonymous with the Christmas season, really, but we're also in a Christmas season like we haven't seen really ever before so what does that do to the kettles i mean what, what does everything look like this year well you're still going to see bell ringers and kettles out there you're probably not going to see as many as you have in the past but bell ringers and kettles will still be out there okay and it you know a good number of the traditional haunts that we usually are at like walmart and so forth but this year we have gone to a virtual kettle as well um, and you can go to the Salvation Army webpage, uh, and you'll be able to find the links to the virtual kettle on the webpage. And we also push out the links on our Facebook pages and other social media apps. And the idea is not only for people to donate through the virtual kettle, but to also take that link and share it through their entire social media network. And if somebody wants to be a bell ringer this year, and instead of standing outside, you know, ringing the bell, we can set them up with their own virtual kettle page. Okay. And they can, you know, you could have your own virtual kettle page and you could send it out to your whole social media network. And then people can donate to your personal, uh, you know, virtual kettle. Yeah. So you can ring the digital bell. That's correct. There you go. Yeah. I'm coming up with, uh, with, with slogans for you right here on the fly. <laughs> 
Um, so nationally, I mean, do you know what? Because obviously there's some places that are harder hit and regulations are different. Salvation Army is still going to be out there across the U.S.? I hope so. Yeah, Salvation Army is going to be out there across the U.S. I know they have uh, national agreements with certain corporations um, for bell ringing and other holiday programs and Christmas programs and those and those type of things. So you're still going to see us out there. We're still going to have a presence out there in the communities. Um, it just may not be as at many locations as yeah. you're used to seeing us. Yeah. Joe Wotan is with us this morning, and uh, he does an awful lot of things. Right now we're talking Salvation Army. and um, So virtually, if you want to get out there and ring that digital bell, you can do that. But otherwise, when do the bell ringers start showing up? When, when will we start seeing them? Um, you're going to be starting to see the bell ringers going out pretty soon. It's going to be right around Black Friday, right before okay. Black Friday. Yeah. Okay. And can people still sign on? I know in the past, people have been able to sign up to do that. Are, yeah. Are... All they have to do is call the local core and talk to Major Phil Smith, and he could get them set up. Okay. Fantastic. So if you want to help and, uh, and, and ring those bells, you can do that this year. Um, in terms of getting information on the digital aspect of it, how do they find that information out in, in terms of setting up their page and, and, and getting all that going? Major Phil could help them set up the, their page. If, okay. You know, they can also go to the link and it, and you can become a virtual and it'll walk you through it because there is an option to become a virtual bell ringer and set up your own. Okay, perfect. And, yeah. And uh, Joe, Watt, when, when he's not uh, doing all that, he's uh, dealing with basketball. How's that going? You've got You've got a new team. Yeah, we the the fire added the girls team this year. I think I was on last in January and we talked mm -hmm. that we were going to add a girls team this upcoming season. And even with the craziness of COVID, you know, we were able to add the girls team. We do have our first season capped at 12 players. We have 10 players right now and we're looking to have a fantastic season. Okay. So we've got the girls basketball team and uh, the fire uh, we, we got a couple of boys teams also. Yeah, we have our JV and our varsity boys teams. And uh, we've been practicing since the beginning of November. Our games will start in December. We only have about three games in December. Bulk of the schedule is going to be January and February. Okay. And then uh, primarily you go around and you'll, you'll play like the private and the Christian schools and stuff like that is, is sort of, that's the schedule. That Yeah, that's correct. We'll play, we play the uh, private Christian academies, the homeschool associations and stuff. Okay. And so can people come out and watch those games or what yes, but you know, in a normal scenario, yes. Yeah. But with COVID, um, we really have to limit who comes and watches the games. You know, right now with the governor's directive of, of twenty-five people or yeah. less, you know, we have to keep that to parents or close family and things like okay. that. But as soon as you know we're able to, we would love to have the general public come back and watch the games again. Yeah. Yes. Well, and you're working on sort of uh, making some improvements out there. Salvation Army, of course, we've reported on here recently did have sort of a remodel upgrade thing going on but that's not done and now we're talking basketball right yeah actually the gym um we got approved in our capital budget to replace the gym floor mm -hmm. and we are in the process of collecting donations to help us pay for that gym floor uh between the new gym floor and scoreboard it's going to cost us about seventy five thousand dollars wow. um we're going to try to raise between 10 and 20 of that locally okay uh to help offset those costs and it's going to benefit everyone because it's not just the fire sports programs we have uh for example helena christian school helena home school association both rent from us and play sports on on our floor we have uh, different groups and organizations that rent the gym throughout the year that come in and do everything from lacrosse to wrestling to football. 
Um, you know, so the new floor is going to benefit the entire community. It's not just going to benefit our sports programs. Yeah, it's a fantastic thing. Is there a timeline for this, or are we in enough of initial stages? We're just trying to raise the money right now. Right now, we're in the we're in the fundraising stage right now for okay. that. I don't want to put an exact right. timeline on it, um, but yeah, we're in the fundraising stages right now, and we're also going to have uh, plenty of naming opportunities. So if we have a donor that puts down a large chunk of change on the floor of the scoreboard, there'll definitely be uh, some discussion about naming opportunities and sponsorship opportunities and stuff like that. How cool so, would that be? Yeah. Yeah. That, like, uh, what is it? The, the, the Seahawks now officially have a new name out there at their field. Last night it became official. It's Lumen Field now. Yes. Yes. That is, that is weird. I heard them talking about that. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not the right. No, apparently that's the right name now. Um Joe Wotan is here. He's with, uh, well, he's with a lot of folks. He's with the Salvation Army, and uh, he's also uh, with the Elkhorn Co-Ed. Um, I want to ask real quick about that, but uh, just uh, c- capping our conversation about the, the basketball floor, if people want to donate, people, businesses, whatever, again, do they contact Phil? What, what do they do? They can co- they can contact Major Smith. They can contact me at the Salvation Army. Um, if they want to, you know, just send in a donation, just make sure it's memoed for the gym floor or the gym project um, so we can make sure it gets to the right location. Okay. Well, and we've got uh, we got about a minute and a half left, and we were chatting right before the uh, segment started that we didn't have any flooding to deal with. So the co-ed kind of got off easy this spring. You know, really not, though, because if you re- – <laughs> um, you know, when COVID first started, uh, the meal packs that went out. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Salvation Army Gym actually became a food share warehouse because they weren't able to socially distance and make these food packs. So we let them bring all that stuff in. We assembled the food packs right in our gym. And then in coordination with Civil Air Patrol, the Boy Scouts, uh, the Red Cross, you know, through COAD, we were able to get these uh food packs out and delivered to the kids for the weekend food packs and stuff like that yeah so you, you weren't sandbagging but you were brown bagging yeah basically that, that's yeah. what happened that, that's there. what happened yeah. yeah so uh you know and, and and that work obviously continues to co is always doing great work in our community and uh, if people want to find out more information about that and how to get involved with that how do they do uh all they have to do is they have to con- they can just contact me at the salvation army okay yeah yeah. So uh, Joe Wotan out at the Salvation Army, he's a man of many hats, and I appreciate him uh, joining us today. So once again, the, the bell ringers are going to be out there. You can set up a digital page so you can do that online. Uh, we're collecting money for a new basketball floor. You can put your name on the scoreboard. I mean, you, you are a busy man. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time, Joe. Thanks, Troy. That's all the time we have for Coffee Break this morning. Once again, I do want to remind you, uh, like Charlie said, uh, out at Carroll College, no fans at those basketball games tonight. It's a bummer, but you can listen to the games uh, here on uh, on the radio, which is fantastic. And we're just trying to make sure that those student-athletes are able to actually have their season. So uh, we'll revisit that at the end of the year, and hopefully things change and we can get out and watch that. But We'll see. So don't go show up at the PE Center tonight. They won't let you in. We'll see you back here again on Monday. Have a good weekend. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.